0: welcome back to do it scared in this episode we will be exploring the journey that matt took paths that could almost be described as a tale of two entirely different individuals we'll be exploring the remarkable peaks and the heart-wrenching valleys and the pivotal decisions that make a person's character and the fine lines that sometimes blur the boundaries of morality justice and ethics At one point, Matt's life can only be described as our modern-day Jekyll and Hyde. Matt will share his journey that led him to the moment where he believed that robbing a bank was his last resort. So join me as we uncover the intricate facets of a life defined by unexpected twists, where the pursuit of redemption and the weight of accountability are closely intertwined. Welcome to Do It Scared, Jekyll and Hyde. Okay, Matt. So this episode is entitled Jekyll and Hyde. Uh, Would you tell our lovely listeners why we titled this episode Jekyll and Hyde?
1: Well, personally, I don't like it because it makes me sound like a um, psychopath. You
0: said that about the last episode too. (laughs) You have to like it because we chose it.
1: Well, it's true because there's this uh, contrast in my life. There's this A dichotomy of good and evil, you know, of uh, always, you know, have this moral compass burned into my conscious that I cannot seem to get rid of. I swear, I have a conscious as big as this house. And then at the same time, it's been um, violence, you know, and blood and gore, so to speak. uh, On the on the other hand, and. I get get in these situations where I should embrace this stuff and just accept the the cards that I've been dealt. But, you know, I'm like, oh, we'll make it better. We'll start all over and have a fresh start soon. So that's what I'm faced with is a contrast in like nine different aspects of my life. So it fits. When you said it, I was like, yeah, that's the one.
0: Right. And a lot of that stuff started, you know, in our previous episode talking about childhood. But I think as we go through early adulthood and adulthood, um, that story becomes even more clearer. So let's go ahead and start off with you just graduated high school, miraculously, and you had a horrific month. What happens after that?
1: Okay, so hell month was... Um you know it was interesting there was a lot of uh, setbacks there I, I you know i feel like there's uh four episodes right there so uh, to to kind of you know give a synopsis of this and and to, and to just keep going uh you know we went over those things that happened and you know i'm 18 years old um to me it's get a job build a family uh you've got a fresh start um i had There, there was a huge party right at my mom's. Uh, Like, there's a live band on the porch, and probably like 150 people at this thing. And uh, this friend group that I'm in is insane. I mean, from spelunking to rappelling to uh, cliff diving, and um, I can remember, you know, we've pushed cars, burning cars off of cliffs, all while. Drinking whiskey and doing psychedelics, and just seeing some of the most insane stuff that I've ever seen in my entire life with this um, uh, American Breed Adventure Club. It was crazy. That was the name of it. So, um, one of the friends, you know, has this this girl that I bring over. She's a sweet, um, traditional country girl. She would never drink or partake. She just kind of sit in the corner and laugh at everyone's shenanigans, and. Um, that's how I met Jamie, the mother of my kids. She was 16 years old at the time, and I was 18, and uh, it wasn't long before we were spending a lot of time together. Uh, I had just got my place on the route to uh, you know, one of the houses that the, the local crews were framing houses Uh That was my first place, because I didn't have a car, so it wasn't long before Jamie was 16 and pregnant. Um, And it was my mission to be the man of the house and to provide for that. Right. But I'm still a kid. I'm still growing up and I'm partying I'm drinking. I'm not coming home sometimes. And I was just like a real jackass, to be honest with you. I, um, My first place didn't last long until, you know, there was some seasonal issue with work or I didn't go to work or lost my job or couldn't pay the rent. And we were, you know, houseless for a a few weeks. And here we are looking for another place. The second place we had was where Matthew was born, was in Lebanon, a little one-bedroom efficiency apartment. And um, Jamie's, uh, uh, I can remember, I was, you know, I was still just in the same situation, Bummer rides to work, halfway going, halfway not, uh, staying drunk and high all the time, and just always into some mischief. At this time, I've got um, a DUI, a simple possession, a public intoxication under my belt. Um, Jamie's sweet mom, the sweetest lady I've ever met in my entire life, gives us a, a Cutlass, you know, nice car. This was This was the G-Ride. Right. We, she gave it to us and I drove it to work one day, ended up drunk before I came home and, uh, wrecked it so bad that we had to park it. And, um, it blew up on us the next time it was out and ended up vandalized and took into the junkyard. Um, like a a week after that, one of my mom's boyfriends bought us a car, a little Ford Escort. And I think I had it for about eight hours before I crashed and burned and flipped and wrecked it and uh maimed one of my good friend's arms for life. He ended up with like sixteen screws in his arms. Oh my gosh. We're watching flames shoot up off of those things in the ditch on highway two thirty one. Um after going and looking for a job because we didn't I didn't have one. Um so around the age of twenty one is um you know we had moved around to a few places. I'm drinking, using drugs, starting to sell drugs, you know, selling weed, um experimenting with things like cocaine um there's violence I'm you know constantly fighting with with Jamie, and you know, I've got these. You know, these weighing out these issues. I'm, you know, trying to support for my family, but yeah, I'm a toxic and abusive and narcissistic and a, a real piece of work, you know. And um, then on the other hand, I, I can't stand my situation at work. I feel like I'm smarter than everybody there. I feel like I can do these jobs and make more money and be better. And at the same time, I can't even show up on time for a week, right? So. Um I ended up going through a roadblock when I was 20 years old and 99% and got an underage consumption about 2 hours before I turned 21. My uh my aunt bailed me out the next day. Um I never spent any real time in jail at this point. I was scared to death of it. Um I um about a year later Jamie and I got a new place in Mount Juliet. I was holding down a steady job. We got a new car. Um uh, a few weeks later, um, I took it out drinking and wrecked it and got another DUI on the way home. Um, this time Jamie's aunt bailed me out. I spent seven days in jail and I think I slept ninety percent of it. Um 21, I'm I can remember Matthew being a baby, and I, you know, I'm buying quarter pounds, pounds of weed, breaking them down, and selling them. Partying all weekend, doing psychedelics, uh, doing hard drugs, and just running wild and crazy on the weekends with this friend group, and then coming back and begging for forgiveness on Monday or Tuesday. Um, 22 years old. I started my own business. I started building portable storage buildings. Jamie put her name up on a new truck for me. I had a you know a, a truck that was just a couple of years old the first new vehicle I ever had and um, I got my first contract check for um Working for myself, I was so excited. It was like eight hundred and eighty dollars, and I worked my tail off all week for this thing. And this was in two thousand one ish, so that was a pretty decent amount of money. Um, I um, employed my brothers and all my friends, and you know it was, of course, back to the party. Uh, at this point, you know the 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 risks are getting bigger, the crimes are getting bigger, um, the petty charges in between are you know, are escalating, you know, I've got court dates all the time, I know how to behave and how to act, who to talk to and where to go in a courtroom, you know, as usually it's like, where's the door? I'm like, you know, at this point, talking to the DA, trying to work my case out uh, in each of these situations. So 2001-ish, I end up, I have my first felony, uh, indoor gardening operation, gone bad. Um, I believe the uh, the charge on it was 10 to 70 pounds a week. They confiscated um, the shotgun that my dad gave me for my 18th birthday, a Belgian Browning, beautiful, beautiful gun. I never got to see again. It was an heirloom and every other thing that I had in the house down to a pair of scissors. Ransacked the entire house and, and it, it was just terrible. Um, they had uh, picked me up a, a month later on an indictment, you know, for that on the drug roundup list. And um, I I actually ended up going to court on that. I retained Brody Kane as my criminal defense lawyer. He went to work for me and got me a three-year suspended sentence because it was my first charge. And um, a couple months later, I couldn't show up to my probation because I was, or I wouldn't show up to my probation because I was dirty. Went tested positive for cocaine, and I went on the run. I absconded from my probation and just stopped showing up. Uh, you know, deleted my name off of any electric bills or mails, and and went on the run and drove back roads, uh, trying to build a business. Um, that would support my family while I did my prison time was my thinking at that point. Um, So Jamie's pregnant with my second son at this time. um, We're creeping up on, um, you know, 2003-ish and um, Matthew is five years old when Isaac is born. I um, stayed on the run until Right around, um, I think it was 2004, 2005-ish, that um, the absconding, the, the running, finally caught up with me. I uh, was on the way home from like the grocery store with the boys in the car. I had a broken tail light. A cop pulled me over ran my name which i had been pulled over countless times before and used an alias you know forgot my driver i would hide my driver's license under my seat or tuck it into my seat panel everywhere i would go just in case i got pulled over always constantly aware of those things driving in the rearview mirror for years you know i did this right and um tried to to build you know i'm looking at You know, how do you build steps? How do you do this? How do you do this? Because i want a business because I believe that I can build something that's going to run on its own while I'm doing my time in jail because it's coming. Um, I finally go to jail. I do 45 days in there. It's the worst time I've ever done. I thought it was the end of my life. Gave me a chance to dry out. My my thinking became clear after about a week. I accepted it and I developed a plan. I was gonna start a business when I got out of there, hell or high water. And I told everybody that I was in jail with that I was gonna give my job and that I have a business. And they're like, yeah, 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 okay. So I get out. My my aunt helped me. They ended up going to Lowe's and spending like eleven hundred bucks. Got an air compressor, some nail guns, and uh, you know some minimal stuff. It, it wasn't a lot, but I made it work. And that's when I started Jones Custom Carpentry, and it was. It was really successful. I had an '82 F-150 that my aunt put a new engine in and helped, uh, helped me. You know, they put new tires on it, new brakes, new rear end. They put thousands of dollars into this truck and and the tools. Not to mention they paid my rent while I was in jail and helped the attorney. A couple of months later, test po- I, I'm positive again. I don't show up to my probation and I abscond again. Jones Custom Carpentry continues to be successful. I think the year that I went into business, it was around March. By the end of the year, I had generated around $175,000. I was just a guy trimming houses. I wasn't doing everything. I I was not just doing custom trim work in luxury homes. I'd end up getting contracts on my own and building relationships. And work for some really re- reputable companies, won awards with Parade of Homes, and um, at some point, um, you know, in, everything would end up, you know, in some type of uh, there would be some type of shadow that would be following at it. It, it, it some at some point, whether it be a job or an employee or an employer or someone like that, and I would find out by some. Weird circumstance that they would be friends with my mom. How I have no idea how this would happen, but it would happen at places where I wouldn't be talking, you know, to anyone in my family for years. But here it is, place that I've been working for for three months, and uh, the foreman's uh, friends with my mom on MySpace or Facebook or something like that. Um, I fought for my kids to have a stable life. Repetitively and repeatedly, all while hanging on to a drug drug addictions and fighting from growing up or being a kid or being a a, a, a stand up dad. It, I was I was a piece of work, in my opinion. I um in two thousand and six, I left Jamie to be with my high school sweetheart. I had grown up with a girl who lived down the road uh, for a long time and. You know, we had always been kind of sweet on each other in high school or junior high. We never dated. We ended up dating for a little while. And I ended up uh, just, we, we left. Jamie, you know, got an apartment in town at like an assisted living place. She wasn't interested in staying together, nor was I. And we ended up like throwing away our furniture and the boys lived with Jamie for a minute. And, you know, I went to go, um, you know, run to this to this other woman and, you you know, I ended up going there and and there was another guy there. So I left and just a couple of days later, I ended up um, having a really bad overdose on cocaine. And that was, you know, a really big downfall, a really big, a bad turning point for me right there. So I collected myself, built another home. Put it all together. Put furniture in it. Got a stable, stable job at a really reputable company doing high-end finish work and multi-million-dollar award-winning homes. And continued to hone on my, you know, my craft as a carpenter, um, working for these companies. And I would pick things up on these companies too, like, you know, whether on and off from my uncle who had this work ethic that, you know, disappointing him, not showing up, or telling him you know, every excuse and every story in the book and expecting them to, to believe it. I can't believe I I can't believe that, that I really thought that they believed my my garbage. Um in two thousand and seven I had basically ended up with with nothing. I had um you know no way out. I was on the run still. I had um these addictions i wanted my kids back i you know i needed money it was about money for me build it and they will come so i ended up in my drug tear taking the truck that my aunt and then worked so hard to build and put together for me and um i I traded it to a guy for 250 dollars worth of dope gave it away to him it, it it broke it broke it broke my relationship with them. It hurt. It destroyed me. And I can remember being in this house alone that I put together for for us to come and stay. And um, it was depressing. It was it was like death, right? So, I I leave, I'm like, I'm putting this thing together, I'm moving with a friend in Nashville, I call an old friend of mine, he's in Mississippi, and talk him into coming up here and being my partner from installing cable TV, and said, look, the company that I'm working for is in a bidding war with uh, a company up the street, they were building a high-rise um, in West Nashville called the Adelisha. Um Coincidentally, uh, Taylor Swift... Has a penthouse there? So
0: yeah, she does. <laughs> Swifties definitely definitely know that.
1: <laughs> yeah, she's. I think she's got the whole top floor to this thing. But um, yeah, like when we were out there, we we ended up getting the contract. We did a deck surgery in Brentwood for one day, and made enough money to get workers' comp, general liability, go to a hotel lobby where we 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 got a, a room for a month at the Brentwood. Uh, suites you know it was studio suites or something like that it was super nice and that's where we lived and that was where it was like all or nothing we got the contract we put cases of ramen noodles and water and lived in this building installing doors and trim for a month because they're 30 days out on pay on those jobs right we finally catch a check well, it, during this time, they actually shut the job down. They would take 1100 people off of this job and move them across the street while her security detail will let her come up and look and be like, oh, drywall's up. Okay, let's go. So we finished, we ended up getting a $35,000 check. I decided, you know what? It's been, you know, we've put in the work, let's party. So I call a friend, I get a ride to go party at this girl's house. And there's a county waiting for me when I get there. They turned me in for 50 bucks. And <laughs> Hola. yeah, so it was over. The tools, like everything that we generated, the dream, everything gone. And at um, this point, my sentence is in effect. They put my sentence in effect. That means no probation, no parole. You're doing your time, you're going to jail. Goodbye. So that was the three year sentence that I had prolonged and could have done three times already if I'd have just went and did the time. And, um, I was in the county jail as a troublemaker and, and, uh, you know, one of the top tier, uh, worst inmates in the jail. Um, I was the first one, of the first group moved over to the new $8 million jail that they built, uh, during that time. Uh, and the only time I ever got my picture in the paper was when the, you know, the, the cert team was moving us over there in shackles. We, um... Um, I ended up being the first person paroled out of that new facility. I made parole like seven or eight months later. And, um, once again, my aunts prepared, uh, they had a, a, a house that had been abandoned. It needed some work. Um, they, you know, got some heaters and blankets in there. It was winter time. Um, I fixed the water on this place for a couple of weeks and patched you know, places, roof and, and fixed this place up and got a job right down the street where my uncle was.
0: At this point, can you tell us a little bit about like, where's Jamie? Where are the kids? Like, what's, what's going on at that point?
1: Oh, well, while I was in jail, Jamie met a guy, you know, she had, and that situation was over. We had back and forth and tried to make it work through that whole situation. And, you know, this was like the, you know, it was. We had been together for thirteen years and you know, as kids, and this was the moment where it we was like, Hey, she's with another guy, I'm moving on, and that's the end of that chapter of my life. And um, so when I got out, my mission was to get my kids back and have a new life and it's gonna be different now. Right. So
0: And she went from being like this Christian girl, right? This standing out girl to now doing math
1: meth, pills. The main thing was was like a he- a healthy painkiller addiction, which which I had picked up uh, around 2005 myself. and I didn't en- ended up with a phantom pain thing going on, and now I'm you know taking hydrocodone and and Loratabs, which was the first thing I looked for when I got out of jail was my old prescription and took it and ended up violating my parole because the prescription was outdated and it wouldn't work and i was scared to death that if i went in there and showed it to them that they would violate me so i didn't show up
0: right and and i know that you also feel like you are responsible for bringing her down that path in life
1: I, i almost know that i am you know she was perfect in every way she had every she had you know everything going for her, right? And I, you know I sent her down that path. You know I could have led our family in a different direction. So, you know it is what it is now. You know I mean people do make their own choices, but at this point the boys are with um her and the new boyfriend. I am frantically trying to get my life together with a new violation. I had um uh did a small project for someone in Mount Juliet there, and um, he talked me into coming and selling commercial vehicles for him. Uh, he liked he liked me. I saw something in me that you know, maybe other people see as well, and challenged me to go get some nice clothes, buy a tie, and come and sell trucks for him, so I did. And this is where I met my second wife quotation marks because I, I never married Jamie but um, I ended up marrying my uh, my second wife and um, we put this thing together had a good family a good you know a situation going on of course I've got this violation hanging over my neck uh, the kids end up basically being dropped on our doorstep um you know we provided a, a good situation for them and it was mostly you know my ex-wife, you know, she had the means and the resources to be able to, you know, provide uh, vehicles, dropping them off, picking them up, fixing dinners, fixing lunches, you know, the whole gamut of taking care of children. And it was, wasn't was just them, it was hers too. And um, I end up uh, getting getting caught. I had smarted off to her brother or uh, I believe there was like a, a situation where oh, I, I had Uh, there was a gun left in the glove box of one of the company cars and I kept it and I was like you know no it's mine now I'm keeping it so he I was and he ended up sending them a google images picture of our property and uh there they were knocking on the door and I went to jail for a year on that same charge and ended up going doing 13 months the whole time she you know, wrote me letters, held me down, was took the kids to school and back and forth, and was a mom to them while I was in jail for uh, 13 months. Um, when I got out, the economy crunch was in full effect, right? Like all the way. Nothing, you know, I was like, I'm always, you know, really good at going to get, I'm going to find a job. If there's work out there, I've got the skills to pay the bills. I can represent myself properly. You know, I'm going to get a job even no matter what it is. And I was having problems, right? Like there weren't, wasn't no work to be had. So I was started taking odd jobs. I used to be picky and take the candy, you know, like custom stairs and coffered ceilings and things of that nature. But at this point, I was digging ditches and cutting down trees and doing whatever. So, you know, when one of my buddies got out of jail right behind me and, you know, he had the plug. So at this point, it had been, you know, small things. And at this point, we're, you know, picking up truckloads of marijuana, you know, jars and cases of uh ecstasy pills you know stuff that's going to put you in jail for life um can remember how ignorant i was even at this point i had another uh indoor gardening operation that almost went bad too um my you know my marriage ended up being destroyed from drugs and the inability to 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 face my addictions um we you know there was a you know a betrayal there and you know we we decided to get a divorce we tried to patch it up and linked on for about a year and eventually it was just me and the boys again back in a hotel room and i was scraping together just enough money to get a disposable car from somewhere which i did And ultimately, it put me in a situation to where it was like, well, the transmission's gone in the car this week. We can either pay the rent or we can get a transmission. If we get the transmission, we won't have a place to live. We pay the rent, we won't have a way to get to work. So at that point, I had to call Jamie's aunt and uncle and ask them if they would take care of my sons. You know, I had reached out to people and tried to have a place to stay. You know, I tried to stay with my mom multiple times. It would be, you know, I can remember us even packing our stuff and going over there and all getting there. And then it was like, you know, turning into this, it's turned into a bad situation. And we literally had to pack up all of our stuff and end up sleeping in the truck until I was just like, look, guys, I'm going to have to tough this out. It, it was, it was terrible. It was heartbreaking so um a lot of my petty crimes ended up catching on to me and i did another another year in jail like 2013 gone um i did i believe while i was married i did 2009, 2009 the entire year in jail 2013 year in jail at this point the boys are staying they're Basically, settled in. Matthew's staying with a friend. Isaac is staying with Jamie's mom. You know, they have a stable life. It isn't the life that I wanted for them, or maybe not even that they wanted, but they're stable. So I had given up. You know, Jamie isn't trying. She's on like all the way out there pills, meth, whatever, you name it. Um, No drive, no ambition. At this point, my drive and my ambition was like, well, fuck it. I'm going to go. Get you on know, pain management. So I actually devised a plan while I was in jail. I mean, a long, fought out, written down, multi page plan to go get on pain meds and sell them and be a loser, which is what I did. So I got out and executed my plan. You know, I'm doing, uh, I'm actually back working with my uncle again. And um, I've got a better attitude at this point. I'm kind of stable you know i'm high every day going to work right up the road um i um met a new girl she was um an alcoholic full-blown when i met her and i don't know why but i felt like i was the the guy who was gonna change her life and uh, so i decided I, you know she, she's my girlfriend now so we moved into this little place and fixed it up over in Gladeville, and that's where we lived for a year, or maybe even two years. Um, after the, that point, um, even Matthew came to live with us. I got I fixed him up a room in there. He's a senior in high school at this time. We're getting along good, you know. I'd even let him drive the truck to school every once in a while. He got his driver's license. Um, Isaac had began visiting and wanted to move in when he got out of school. It was it was actually going kind of good. And uh, Christmas 2015-ish, um, my the girl that I had moved in with uh, got pregnant. Um, and I was like, wow, okay, well, hold up, I'm 35 years old. Um, I, I think that's how old I was, about 35, yeah. I was like, I don't really want any kids, but minor are graduating high school and I have a whole new take on... This whole kid life family situation that I've tried to make work through this historical synopsis, my relentless approach to having a family, to having the growing pains Mike Seaver family that I want to have, and in spite of what I've had, I mean, to my failure, has I'm, my eye has brightened up again, and I'm like, wow, I'm gonna have. So we. I go to the ultrasounds. I'm talking to this baby, you know, in her belly, you know, like, hey, it's her dad, and um, it's a little girl, you know. We're talking about names and stuff like that, and so I still have these residual um, issues. You know, I had committed thefts and um, uh, petty crimes and had probation sentences that were terminating early. I ended up with uh, 12 driving on suspended during this time because Tennessee passed a law where they suspend your driver's license without a notification if you don't pay on your court fines. And I had court fines in like five different counties. I am paying. I I, I went to court 31 times in 2014. I was in court thirty one times wow. and I'm pretty sure that's a that's a that's a,
0: a roller record
1: No that's a conservative <laughs> estimate actually. Uh-huh. It was more times than that because I had other court dates. I finally got one in Williamson County in Brentwood and there any other place you get your you have your driver's license, you show up with your driver's license and they throw and your insurance and they throw the case out there. I show up with my driver's license and my insurance, and they're like, no, you're coming back in one month with an attorney, and you are going to do some jail time, no matter what. So I'm like, wow, I go to talk to an attorney, and they want $3,500 to represent me on a case that I just represented myself on 14 other times, right? At least 12, at least 11 other times I've represented myself on this case in Davidson County and Wilson County. But here you got to go and go to an attorney and you're going to do time and you're going to pay a fine. So I have that. And so my big plan, I have a new daughter coming. My sons are moving in. I'm a drug addict. I'm like, no, I'm going to get on a recovery plan. I'm going to start a new business. She doesn't even know what I'm capable of. I can mastermind this stuff. I've had three businesses already and I'm good at this. So I create a new company profile broken mold. That was the name of the company. I had the website, the letterhead, the whole deal, and I started scouring the internet. Indeed, Angie's List, Craigslist, and I'm looking for jobs. I, I took a couple of jobs too. Did um, you know a couple of small decks, a couple of small remodels, and I finally land a good project that's enough for me to be able to get on my feet, get ahead, and And keep on trucking and get us out of the gutter. So, um, we got the project. I went and met with them, um, got the deposits on it. And so I went, you know, got the workers' comp, got the certifications, got the insurances, you know, got some new tires for the truck, uh, some equipment. And lo and behold, the day of the start of this project, they, Reneg on me. They stopped answering their phone. I'm literally standing in Lowe's trying to do a phone sale with them, and they are backing out of the project and want their money back, which I only have like half of it at this time. So I begged and pleaded with their attorneys. I'm getting these threatening messages from their attorneys talking about a, a myriad of consequences that are about to you know, be on my head. I have a Williamson County Um, that court date's culminating on a Monday. I have um, uh, my probation that's terminating early. There's another several thousand dollars that I need to come up with, or they're going to have a warrant for me, and I'm going to have to do three years in prison for that. And that was due on the Monday after Easter. So the week before Easter, I have my son's and the girlfriend sit down, who her belly's poking out at this point, and I, um, I, I sit down and have a meeting with them. And I'm telling them all these problems that that we're facing right now, because you know I'm not just gonna sit in the house and wait for the county to come and pick me up because what'll happen is, yeah, I'll go do thirty days, but what'll happen is they will revoke my bond before I get out, and then I'll have to go over here and do time. so I'll be stuck in the system for seven years, you know, so I needed to fix this situation. and only one thing was going to get me out of it money.
0: Thanks again for listening. Make sure you follow us on Instagram and on YouTube. And if you have any questions, please comment them on Instagram and YouTube, or you can submit them on our website. In the future, we will be doing a Q&A and we'd be happy to answer any questions that you may have. Again, thanks so much for your support. It means the world to us.